Blog Talk Radio. This is Cale Brown. Now, I didn't play a doctor on TV, but I will prescribe Brandon's buzz for absolutely anybody who wants to know what's really going on. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz, and I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah. This is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martin from the band Mr. Big. I'm live and kicking on Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Dave Camaro, and you're going to love buzzing with Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon, thrilled to have you back with us tonight. It is Tuesday night, November 9th, 2010, 10 p.m. in the east, 7 p.m. out west, 9 p.m. here in Texas, and I am so excited about this one tonight. You know, it was 45 years ago yesterday that a classic soap opera by the name of Days of Our Lives first premiered on the NBC television network. The saga of the wayward Horton clan, most of whose members lived and loved in Salem, USA, Days was an immediate hit in the daytime, and indeed, like sands through the hourglass, across 45 years and some 11,000 episodes, it continues to enthrall and enchant its fans, one of whom I most certainly am and have been for most of my entire life, the world over. I recently had the opportunity on separate occasions to speak with four of the show's most enduring and popular stars, and tonight to help commemorate and mark the show's latest milestone, I am very excited to have this chance to bring you pieces of those great conversations. First up tonight, the incredible James Reynolds, who joined Days as noble cop Abe Carver in 1981 and who, give or take a couple of brief breaks over the years, has spent the past three decades seeing the world through Abe's eyes. And as Jim revealed to me during the course of our chat, oh, how that world has changed and changed mightily over the years. Well, I tell you, I, you know, I don't want to oversell this, but when you look back to 1981, the year you started on Days of Our Lives, you know, there there was no such uh-huh. thing as CNN. It didn't exist. You know, there were no hey, such true. things as, as as cell phones, as the internet. I mean, you know, home computers were a luxury. There were three networks, something like 14 yes. or 15 soaps. You know, some couple named Luke and Laura was about to make the whole damn genre of television take off like a rocket. You've been on this block for right. nearly 30 years now, and and you've seen it all, good and bad. And now there are six soap operas. You know, staring down a million, ten million choices in entertainment, and people are watching days on their damned iPods, iPads, iPhones for crying out loud. I mean, what do you make of this evolution? Well, and, and uh, that's exactly it. It's an evolution. Uh, uh, you know, the um, uh, a lot of people have pronounced the uh, genre of daytime television or daytime dramas as as dead, and it won't be around in a few years now. And, and things just change. In the early '70s, there were over 30 soap operas on the air. Now, as you say, we're down to uh, we're down to six. I think that number will probably fluctuate. I think you you may see some new ones come in the uh, coming years. I think you'll see uh, a soap opera basically in the form of daytime soap on cable television. You'll see it. You now see several on the internet. 
if you look at other societies, uh, soap operas are huge. They're the oh, main. Absolutely. I mean, they form say that the, they say that the telenovela in the Spanish-speaking markets is the the number one television fare to be found. It's the key. It's the key. You know, our entertainment is, is as as entertainments are around the world, uh, run by. Um, uh, economics, but the truth of it is, as you say, in 1981, there was one way to watch the show, and that was on NBC, usually around midday around the country. Now, in 2010, there are about 10 Infinite different ways, ways I mean, they're, they're, that you can watch the show. Speaking of that, back in the day, if you wanted that soap fix, you either had the shows in the afternoon or you had Dallas and Dynasty once a week. And now, to my yeah, eye, everything exactly. is a soap. Everything has that element. I mean, even sitcoms are just well, are just soaps with laugh tracks, by and large. I mean, was daytime? Yeah. In your in your view, was daytime too slow to accept and adjust accordingly to the fact that they weren't going to be the only game in town forever? No, I don't think so. I, I think daytime is is uh, is different just because of that term, daytime. As you say, there was Dallas, Knott's Landing, uh, Melrose Place, or other soap operas on the air in the 1980s that were in prime time. But now they're, they're, uh, everything's a constant soap opera. The Serranos was a soap opera. Mad exactly. is a soap opera. Uh, all of those. Uh, uh, Law and Order has aspects of uh, soap opera. Even, even in its own way, Cheers uh, was a soap opera. Exactly. So uh, Nighttime has adapted a lot of that kind of storytelling and has made it integral in the way that they tell story. Daytime is simply different because it is on during the day and it is on every day as opposed to once a week. It has a constant season. It has a season of 52 weeks out of the year as opposed to 13 weeks for a cable show and 22 weeks for a network show. So because of that kind of storytelling, the audience has to be accessed now in a different way. When you had so many women at home, uh, uh, that that audience, the shows were directed toward a female audience by and large. That has to change a little bit. We have to direct our show toward not just a young audience, not just a female audience. Now it's got to be uh, an audience of all ages. It's got to be an audience that includes a, a large number of men, almost 40% of our viewers. So things change, and the uh, daytime has to adapt to that, and I think they have. You know, when you took this job 30 years ago, could you have ever imagined that three decades of your life would go by in a blink while you were wearing Abe's shoes? No. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> and you are so right. It went by in a blink. Uh, what a great way to describe it. No, I get up in the morning and I keep going, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. This much time could not have passed. I was telling someone I drove down the street the other day and I, I'm seeing all these young people walking around, you know, they're families and all that, and I keep thinking, where did these people come from? I was one of them not too long ago, about three weeks ago. You know, as stable as soap opera is and can be in terms of you know steady employment, your business is still a remarkably fickle one. What's the secret to staying in a job like yours for multiple decades? I wish I could tell you what it was. I, I really do. I wish I could even come up with a good feasible lie. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I really don't. And you're right. It is very fickle. I, I know. I know people who are wonderful actors who who struggle and, and damn right. Uh, uh, and uh, you know others or never who, even get or, who never get noticed, and others who are so so the work all the time. I, I really can't tell you. Uh, um, you know, uh, it's certainly part of it is the audience has to like you. You know, our business today it, it's constant research and 
focus groups and all of that sort of thing. That's a big part of it. But there, you know, there, there's there's so much that go that goes into it. Uh, we all work hard, so I I can't say that's the secret either. But I continue to try to discover what it is. <laughs> you know, we're hearing stories that you guys are filming as many as nine episodes per week, which just seems mind-boggling. I mean, you know, that's easy for me to say because I'm not the one doing it. But yeah. do you ever, in the, in the middle of the insanity, have a moment where you just stand there and go, what the hell are we doing? Well, we've always done We've always had that moment <laughs> back in the days where we would take all day to shoot one show. You know, there yeah. were times you go, wait a minute. What in the world are we doing here? Uh, we work every holiday except Christmas and New Year's, and uh, we were going, this is nuts. Yeah, we do. We actually do seven and a half shows a week now, which is a lot of shows, and uh, it means that we're, we're really uh, cranking it up without sacrificing a lot. You know, we go to HD next week, so we, you know, obviously our production values have to be really up to snuff because you're going to see everything, including the, the zit I have on my chin right now. So... Uh, <laughs> When you say everything, you mean literally everything. Everything. You'll see everything. So, yeah, it's it's sometimes just really crazy. But, you know, we have a lot of people that just work so hard. And you you see the actors, and we're we're out there for hours a day, and then we come home and we learn our lines and and work our scenes and go back tomorrow and do it. But, you know, what people don't see are the camera people that that are on their feet for those uh, now 12 hours consistently a day back in the – the old days, it used to be as many as 18 hours a day. You know, they don't see the wardrobe people doing what they do and, and makeup and all the people behind the scenes, the writers who are, you know, sitting in front of their word processors looking at a blank screen wondering, how the hell am I going to tell this story? <laughs> you know, there's all that stuff that goes on. You know, as, as, a, as a tenured and, and profoundly respected actor on this show, what does this 45th anniversary mean to you personally? It's just an extraordinary achievement of being able to reach the American public consistently with something they enjoy. That's quite an achievement. You could tell that that's not always the case. And um, the, the fact that this show has been able to sustain and sustain at a high level and the public uh, wants to tune in every day at 1 o'clock and see what's happening with these characters and these families, you know, what an honor to be part of that. The absolutely brilliant Ariane Zucker joined Days as bad girl Nicole Walker in 1998, and although she too took a brief break in the middle of her run, she explained to me why she has had so much fun becoming the bewitching young woman that Days fans just love to hate. You know, everybody's talking about this, and, and it's clear when you watch Days these days that everybody on the show is, you know, working with a renewed energy and spirit, as though the actors are, you know, truly excited to come to work and be a part of this, and... And we've heard lots of reasons explaining why, but I'd like to hear it from someone who's who's there every day. To, uh, to what do you attribute this renewed sense of of uh, focus and excitement? Well, there's definitely several reasons. One, I, I just love my job. <laughs> so uh, the fact that I get to do what I love to do five days a week pretty much, and, and I have a nine-to-five job and I get to come home to my family and still have that kind of life, it's pretty incredible. So that's definitely number one. And number two, I think we have such a tight cast. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that, you know, we all are on our A game now. We work really hard. We, we have a lot of dialogue. And somewhere in there we find we have a lot of fun at the same time. So we all just want this show to be as successful as it could possibly be still to this day. And I think that's 
the team in that. There's a it's a full team effort, and not only the actors, but people behind. You know, in our cast and our crew and our executive producer. It just it makes such a difference when everyone wants to be on their A game. You know, they they say that you guys are doing as many as seven, eight, nine shows a week. I mean, that that's staggering to think of. It really is, and you know, we're just sort of the final product that you see. But you, you know, bet. again, our camera, our writers, the fact that our writers. You know, push that out. No you know, question. Every and week, you know, the people and building the sets, and you know, all of I mean, all of this this massive machine yeah. that goes on behind the scenes that we don't even see. Exactly, and I really love to give a shout out to them because I wish I could name everybody, but I can't. You know, and, and have enough time. <laughs> they make our our show go, and then we just get to do the fun part. So it's incredible that we can wheel this out. You know, get to work at 6.30 earliest and out by 5 o'clock and shooting as much as we do. I'd like to see, you know, some primetime shows do that because it's we work hard. <laughs> Definitely. Like, you know, I always tell my friends that, you know, I'd love to see uh, yeah, Meryl Streep or Hilary Swank or any of these, you know, quote-unquote respected actresses, you know, try to do what you do for a week. We get some film actors that come in and they'll do a small story arc and they say, how do you guys do this day in and day out? I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, the writers have, have clearly struck gold with this twisted, tangled foursome of, of Sammy, Rafe, E.J., Nicole, and there's enough twisted story within the four of you to run for decades, I think. It must be a great feeling to be a, a major player in the show's new power quadrangle, as it were. It is. Thank you for saying that. I get chills. Um, I, I uh, You know, again, I've always loved being a part of the show, but the way they've written all the characters on the show. I look forward to watching the show. I'm I'm behind a little bit because we do work so much, but I do. I enjoy watching everyone's storyline. And I don't have time to read the whole script, so I look forward to seeing it. And uh it's fantastic what they do. I have so much respect for this show. Talk to me a little bit about your 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 I mean, it's so funny, you know, and it's a powerful testament to your abilities as an actress that even though you've done some pretty heinous things on the show like stealing the main heroine's baby and and passing it off as your own. The, the audience still, most of the time, roots for Nicole to get whatever she's after. Uh, tell me about your process, about how you approach each script and, and, and how hard you work to keep the audience in your corner as Nicole. I think the biggest and most important thing is I love my character. I know I can't, I love the show, I love it, but it's true because I, it, without loving the villain, I think I would back myself into a corner, number one, but when I look at her, I have so much sympathy for her. Because I've either, obviously not to this extreme, but I've known people who sort of kick in survival mode and do whatever they can to survive. So I try to look at this character, like this is, she's had no guidance. And yes, is she an adult now? Absolutely. So the lack of guidance that she had way back when, I try to put into this character and just go, God, this poor woman just really wants to be loved and has a horrible way of doing it, (laughs) of trying to get it. And so that's what I found for me keeps me going every time I read the script for her. You know, act, actors say all the time that, that if you're playing the villain, you have to believe that the villain is not doing anything wrong. The villain is, is doing what he's doing or she's doing for the absolute right reason. You do, and you just you truly believe your own that you're right, whether it's a lie or not. And if you believe the lie, you will remember the lie. <laughs> You know, I also think it's great how they send Nicole all over the canvas so that you're not just in your own little island story-wise, but you're also mixing it up with Brady for a bit, and you were right in the thick of the thing with Hope and Dr. Baker in the summer. Uh, how important is that to you as an actress? I mean, is it, is it true that the more people you work with and the more different kinds of situations you find yourself in, the better you get as an actor? 
Absolutely. I feel honored that they believe in my work and they believe in the character and that, you know, she can handle the, the character can handle the situation. You know, I'm always studying as an actor. I've been working so much this past year and a half, I haven't been in class. And now I have a baby, so it's uh, it's a little harder. But ever since I got this job, I've been always trying to change and become a better actor, a better person. And, you know, it starts to, to hopefully come out uh, and you're in, knowing that I'm, I'm working so hard. And every time someone gives me a compliment, it makes me want to work even harder. So I appreciate that all of the fans that do love to hate me so much because you guys make me want to be that much better. You know, everybody says, and I'm sure it's true, that, that you don't do what you do for Emmys and for that kind of recognition. But, uh, you know, it, it sure must feel great when that kind of adulation comes your way anyway. I mean, after all this after all this time you've been toiling away at this part, tell me what the Emmy nomination this year meant to you. Uh, I almost don't have words sometimes because just to be recognized for the work. I think I, I think last year in Soap Opera Digest they said I was I had worked the most Episodes. I, I think comparatively to, to certain actors on that show, like Greg Hogeston in 1980, he must have worked 250 episodes or 290 or however many we have. And I think I worked almost every day last year in every episode. So that was, again, quite an honor. And, and just being nominated by my peers and having them watch the show and you know taking our show seriously because we are the lone soap opera on NBC and just having all that validation, it's you know it's always nice to have a pat on your back, no matter what job you're doing. Sure. And I think if you're good, at, you're good, and you try the best at your job. Having someone walk up to you and say you're doing a really good job, I think it makes anyone feel better. In this Especially case, it's the same thing. They struggled for years to get to get that kind of recognition. I mean, for years they went, you know, without any sort of notice at all from the academy. Right. And so, so to be recognized, and now at the last few years. You know, our characters on our show have been recognized for their work, and it means a lot to us that we're finally getting, we're back in that saddle again, and and people are seeing that we're all working really hard and doing a really great job. Emmy-winning soap legend Judy Evans came to days in 1986 to portray shattered young incest victim Adrian Johnson, who struggled to overcome the horrifying events of her past so that she could look to the future with her true love, the dashing Justin Kariakis. She left the show in the early 90s and went on to a staggering run on Another World, then later returned to Days, playing a new role entirely, before returning yet again to re-inhabit Adrian's shoes. And when we spoke, our main topic of conversation was a discussion of how the show, in terms of the way it's put together, is radically different versus how it was 25 years ago when she first set foot in Salem. I don't think it's any secret that, that the show you're on now is markedly different from the show you joined in 1986. And... and you know, while that's true across the board in daytime, I think Days has been hit harder than than most in terms of, you know, budget cuts and all the financial stuff. Talk about the show now and then, you know, pro and con in, in terms of the way it gets put together. Well, back in the day, in the, in the 80s, we did have enormous budgets. We went on great remotes. There was, you know, opulence, 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 as the 80s were, sure. certainly. Everything in excess and fabulousness. <laughs> And uh, as far as the 90s go, I mean, things have changed economically for the world, everywhere. So it's reflected there on soap operas, too. But bottom line, the one thing that Days has always had that I think has allowed it to survive is good storytelling. You don't need a lot of money for good storytelling because it's the, it's the dialogue. It's the pace of the show that really 
draws in the viewers. And, yes, everybody loves to see romantic remote locations and fabulous wedding dresses and all. But you know what? We found out we could do that in the studio. We could do it on a far less, you know, on a smaller budget. Like, we've all had to downsize all across the country. So, you know, but across the country, the main core of what's important is family. So on days, it's reflected the same. The main important thing that has always been there is family and story. You know, I mean, years ago I read an interview with Jerry Bordorn, and, and he was talking about how, you know, you could do this uh, with stick figures on a chalkboard if you wanted to as long as the story was great. Absolutely. He's 100% right. Yeah. I was talking to your castmate Jim Riddle yesterday, and, and uh, I was telling him, you know, we're hearing stories that you guys are filming as many as nine episodes in a week, which just seems mind-boggling. I mean, do you guys ever in the middle of it just have a moment where you're standing there going, what in the hell are we doing? We would if we had time to. <laughs> um, you know, it's kind of like um, it's like a gymnastics routine. You know, you can't stop in the middle of the routine and think about what the rest of the routine is or what you just did. You just got to keep going and go for the 10. <laughs> you know, it, it's hard. It's very difficult. It was always, soap operas were always difficult because we always shot at least a show a day, and now we're doing a show, show and a half a day. In less time. On other shows and I've been on in the past, you know, you start at 6 a.m., finish maybe, if you're lucky, at 10 or 11 p.m. Now we start at 6 a.m., we're done by 4, and we've done a show. So um, Gary Tomlin has really orchestrated that, and we found out that we can do it. You know, it seemed enormous to do a show in, you know, 15, 16 hours. Now we do a show and a half in 10 hours. So, you know, you can do whatever it is you think you can do as long as you just commit to it. Absolutely. And also, Gary Tomlin, he runs a very tight ship, and, you know, there's no fooling around. You come in, you're prepared, or you don't need to come in. If you don't want to do the homework, you don't have to show up. You don't have to come. We'll find somebody else who, who can do it. Who's, you know, there's about a line of about 10,000 people who are ready to take your place. Absolutely. So come in, be prepared, and let's go. Oh, my God, yes. You know, you and Wally still have that magic, and, and we've seen these, uh, you know, these iconic super couples on other shows and on this show reunite, and it doesn't always work the second time around. Were you nervous when you came back this time, you know, to see if that chemistry would still be there after all this time? Yes, I was. I tried very hard not to think about it because I didn't want to put too much pressure on it because sometimes when you put too much pressure on things, then they just don't work out. So I tried just not to think about it. Wally and I did not talk really until pretty much, the day we were working, we saw each other in the makeup room. It's like, hey, how are you? It's like, you know, you don't want to put much into something. You always put your homework in. You always do your homework, and you, you rely on that to carry you through because that's, you know, what you do as an actor. And Molly and I were always good friends. We've kept in touch from time to time throughout the years. We have a tremendous mutual respect and trust, which, you know, when you're especially when you're acting together, you have to have trust or, or it's just very, very, very difficult on your soul. So, you know, I was a little nervous. You know, I was like, hey, how are you? Good morning. Okay, great. And then we got out on camera, and when my character turned around and I saw him, it was like 20 years had not gone by. It was like I had seen him yesterday. And it was wonderful and just, you know, how something really good lights up your soul, warms your heart. It was like that moment. It was like, whoa. <laughs> You know, this show's been a part of your life for some two decades plus now. Tell me what this 45th anniversary means to you on a personal level. I am so proud and so honored to be a part of such an iconic show. It, 
I'm sorry, it's bringing tears to my eyes. I think it's it's just wonderful that, you know, and, and especially in this day and age that any show can be around for that long and do so well for so long. And I'm so truly proud and honored just to be a part of it. As I said at the beginning, Days was centered around the Horton family when it began 45 years ago, and the Hortons are still major players on the show's canvas to this very day. And one of the people who married into that clan over the years is the lovely Maggie Simmons Horton, played with sass and spectacular grace for the past 36 years by the stunning Suzanne Rogers, who, with the passing of Francis Reed earlier this year, has become Salo's de facto matriarch. She's also in a development which has stunned fans and friends alike, become once again one half of Day's hottest love story. And she explained to me with greatly infectious glee how she feels to again be the heroine in the continuing travails that make up Salem's story. Is it crazy to you that for all intents and purposes you are once again the lead romantic heroine on this show after all this time? Is this amazing or what? I mean, who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) And yet have a name also. (laughs) I mean, I never had a name before. And what a nice one. (laughs) You know, years ago I read an interview with Tony Geary from General Hospital and, and... he was yes. talking about, you know, the whole Luke and Laura frenzy and, and their long road to yeah, love. And he yeah. said something to the effect of of sometimes the audience has no idea what they want. And and while I think that's true sometimes, sometimes the audience knows exactly what it wants. And I think this Victor and Maggie flirtation yeah. that, that you guys have been honing to perfection for the past year is a brilliant example of the audience yeah. hooking into something that the show may, it may not have even known was there and making the show pay attention. Is that fair? I think that's right on the money. I don't think they expected this to take off at all, and I think that they were surprised. And then when, of course, the viewers came up with this name, Magic, you know, it was like, are you kidding? (laughs) You know, and John Aniston said to me, he said, Magic, I don't get it. He said, wait a minute, Mag, Maggie, it. He says, I guess I'm the it. (laughs) I said, I guess so. When they started putting you two together, that wasn't the plan at all, was it? I mean, yes. it was just uh, like one-off scene. I don't think so. I think they just, <clears throat> you know, I had just lost my husband uh, in like January of last year on the show, and Mickey had passed away, and I think they just thought he would be some, you know, one to come over and console me, you know, and or, or whatever, and, and just be someone to talk to. I don't think they thought this was going to take off at all. And uh, when the people kind of said, oh, wait a minute here, you know, because he's always been with conniving type of women and has, you know, has married quite a few of them. And they're, they were always out to, you know, for the money or whatever. And she kind of is not like that at all. You know, she kind of just puts him in his place and kind of tells him off every now and then. And, and I think he kind of, it's kind of an interesting thing for him. You know, I think that's why he's so interested. You know, after working with the great John you know, Clark for so many decades, what's it like yes. as an actress to have this fresh new energy to play off of again? Well, you know, John and, I mean, Mickey and Maggie were such a, um, you know, a wholesome couple. And, you know, they it was like nothing could ever shake the rock of their foundation of their, you know, married life. Then to have that gone, she was pretty well shaken up. And, and to have someone that you know, that she can bounce off of, which is what, you know, we do when we, we kind of have this back and forth and back and forth in our scenes. And I think he's having a good time. I know I am. So uh, I think it's it's absolutely thrilling. You know, I, 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 I keep going back to this whole thing as, as, you know, as an actress. I mean, you've you've been 
I, you, you've been on this show for so long now. I mean, I don't want to make you feel old, but you've yes. been on this show for multiple years. Oh, no, no, I'm 30. Now. I mean, I've been on the show 36 years. I'm proud of that. I mean, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty nice run. Damn right. I mean, for <laughs> Out for twenty five, that's a pretty nice run. You know, as as uh, I was talking to your to your castmate Jim Reynolds the other morning about this. You know, yes. he's been on the show for I think thirty years, and you know, I was yes. I, I was talking to him about you know as stable as as soap opera is and can be for in terms of steady employment. It's still quite yeah. it's quite a remarkably fickle business that you're still in, and and I was sure. asking him what's what's the secret to to staying in a role like this for, you know, multiple decades, and I want to ask you the same question. What's the secret? Well, I do love my job. You know, even when I did theater, which was musical theater before I came on to the show, I always have been a professional. I've always come into the show prepared and enjoyed what I was doing, and um, I think that's in life, don't you think? If you love what you're doing, you just do it to the best of your ability. I mean, sometimes it works and, and you get you stay employed for a long time. Sometimes it doesn't, but it doesn't diminish what you've put into it or how you feel about what you do and your, and, and your life. I mean, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it well. That's just how I feel. Uh, yeah, I, no question about it. No, And, you know, it, it, there, there seems to be a fresh energy around the show anyway. I don't know if that's... If that's yes. because of you know the the new writing or the new producers or whatever, or oh, a of course of, it is a combination of all of it. But you know, we're hearing stories that you guys are filming as many as nine episodes per week now, which just seems mind-boggling. You know what it is, Brandon? It's kind of like when you you hear about in England how they have repertory, you know, and everything, and they do all this. It's constantly doing a show every week and everything. Well, that's how we feel because we're doing working so hard. It's it is like doing theater. Uh, I, w- I worked four days last week, and I did seven shows. Wow. So you should go figure. You know, and that's there's no cue cards. <laughs> you memorize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got to know what you're doing, you know. So, it, yeah, it but I think it shows. And, and our writing and our storytelling and everything is just, it's kind of uh, flying by the seat of your pants in a way. But it's, it's because of that, it's this energy. It sparks, I think. I think it's very exciting. I'm sure they've all been told by now, but give me a good Francis Reed story. Oh, my goodness. Well, Francis. Francis, the very first, when I first got on the show, she said, um, come to my room. And I'm going, okay. I thought, what have I done? What have I done? You know. And she said, okay, there's three things you have to remember. She said, always come to work prepared. Know your lines. Don't keep anybody waiting. And she said, be a professional. That's it. Be a professional. It's something that I had done before that, but when she said it to me, it was like, okay, this is serious here, you know. And and you know, she was like my grandmother, you know, on the on this coast, you know. My grandmother was back on the East Coast, but she was, I mean, you 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 know, you listened to what Frances said. I mean, you know, she had the experience and she knew what she was talking about. And you want you want to make your life as easy as it can be under this kind of controlled circumstance. I tell you what, she was this whole country's grandmother. Uh, there's no question about oh it. Oh my she goodness, was... <laughs> she was so great. She was so great. And you know what? Her aura and herself is still there. We, we will never ever be able to look at ornaments on a Christmas tree and oh, not think of her. No question. Even in my own life, when Christmas rolls around, you start, oh. It all comes flooding back. Uh huh. It, it, it occurs to me that, that the newer fans of the show may not even 
have a true appreciation of what she meant to the early days of this show. Oh, of course and, not. You know, yeah. the, this month-long uh, basically celebration of her life that you guys did back in June was it was so it was it was great for the newer fans to kind of learn more about her her mm-hmm. her status on the show, mm-hmm. and it was great for the older fans to uh, really mourn right along with you guys. And it seemed like you guys were really kind of mourning and getting it out amongst yourselves. Absolutely. I mean, she had been on the show from the beginning, and um, she had given her whole life to the show. And, you know, have, having been on the show for 35 of the 45 years it's been on the show in the air, I mean, I just, you know, it's nice to be this excited about things. It's just great. It's just great. And then I'm and, still a know, part I mean, of it. Yay. Absolutely, and it's no secret that, you know, your show's been through a pretty rough time over the past few years, and it's, it's great to see you guys kind of back on track and, and you know, kicking again alive, absolutely. And alive well. Absolutely, so, because, I mean, everybody in this country has taken a hit as yeah. far as, as cutbacks and, and, uh, and they call it downsizing. I mean, and we were no different. It happened sure. to our show, uh, as it's happened to a lot of the soaps. But I do think the cast that we have right now, we're trying so hard. We are doing like a, you know, repertory. I mean, that's how we feel because we're working so hard and doing so many shows a week. I mean, that's how it feels. And that's a good feeling. That's how it was when I first came on the show. <laughs> so what's on the horizon for, for Victor and Maggie? I think that Maggie's in, got herself in a little bit of a pickle right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm sure they'll, they'll – I'll steer my way through. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, it was a great show oh. speaking with you this morning, and I, I wish oh. you 45 more great years on this show, and, and I, oh, I, I wish you guys all the Thank best. Thank you so much. What a nice and, and name. I, I love that name. And, of course, I want to thank Suzanne, Judy, Arianne, and James for spending a bit of time with me last week and for helping me put together this anniversary tribute. For those who are not aware, I'd also like to quickly point your attention toward the conversation I aired last week with former Days writer Sherry Anderson, who has just published a novel entitled The Secret in Salem, which is the first of a planned trilogy of books that bring back to life a handful of classic couples, John and Marlena, Shane and Kim, Jack and Jennifer, from Day's rich history. Uh, if you missed that show, you can find it in the archives at Brandon's Buzz. In fact, you can find all of my shows at three places online. blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz is home base for the show. You can listen to the show from there. You can download individual old episodes from the show from there. You can leave comments. You can send emails. It really is home base for Brandon's Buzz. Again, it's blogtalkradio.com slash Brandon's Buzz. You can also find me at my blog, brandonsbuzz.com. There at the top of any page is a blue button marked radio. You click on that. That takes you to a page where every episode of my show is listed. This is episode number 73. This and all previous 72 are available in the radio archive at brandonsbuzz.com. Uh, you can also find me at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Just type Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Store search box. Scroll down to the podcast section. Click on my logo. From there, you can uh, uh, download individual old episodes of the show as podcasts for playback on the device of your choosing, or you can subscribe to the show and have new episodes automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the Music Store. So I'm all over the Internet. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I'm on iTunes. I am everywhere. Google the words Brandon's Buzz, and something will pop up that points you in my direction. And, of course, I appreciate you guys coming in my direction. I appreciate you guys finding me and listening to me, as always, and I hope you continue finding and listening to Brandon's Buzz.
Hi, everybody out there. This is Eileen Kristen, and I have just been on Brandon's Buzz. This is a great show and a very sophisticated mind. So spread the word, Brandon's Buzz. This is Claire Massey from Tammy Show, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Great guy, great show. Check it hey out. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So if you feel that you just can't take it and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it. Better when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon Buzz, the place to be. Hi, everybody. This is Nicholas Walker. Merci à tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blog Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs> 